the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. Well, hello there, and thank you for joining me for another Healthy Living Podcast today. I'm super excited. One of my friends is going to be on with us today, and her name is Gina Jones. Uh, I met her a while ago, and she's got some fantastic stuff. She's a functional medicine dietitian, so we're going to be talking about eating on a clean budget, healing thyroid problems with nutrition and supplements. She's uh, struggled with thyroid problems. She's uh, struggled with mold toxicity, which I have as well. So we've really bonded with that, learning all about mold and how to detox appropriately, how to get better. Um, One of my favorite recipes, (laughs) the carrot fries I got from Gina that I make all the time with the kids. So, So super excited to get started with her in the moment. But First, I want to tell everyone that I have set up a blog, conversationswithsarah.com. So I'm just kind of getting my feet wet with all of this. But every podcast, what I'm trying to do is kind of put a little blog up about the podcast, any links to information that we share, which is also going to be in the show notes of the podcast as well. But I know I've gotten some emails. Oh, what was that shampoo you were talking about? Or what was that recipe? I'm linking it all and you can find each one on the blog section over there at conversationswithsarah.com. I'm also trying to come up with some good articles that I think that you guys might like, some self-care and detoxing tips. I have some of my favorite self-care items that I've posted, and I, I plan on doing more of that. I know I've really benefited from some other stuff people have shared throughout the years, so hopefully you can benefit from that as well. So conversationswithsarah.com is where you can find all the info And without further ado, I'm going to get this started. Here is my conversation with my friend, functional medicine dietitian, Gina Jones. So excited about my guest today. Her name is Gina. I'm calling her a good friend of mine right now because I've learned a lot from her. This is another one of my friends that I met on Instagram. (laughs) And she's a functional medicine dietitian. She also is the founder of Crunchy Kitchen. I'm going to have her tell you more about all of that. And and not only that, she has an amazing story about how she got into her new job in functional medicine. It's not where she started when she first got out of college. And it's super inspiring to say, hey, I... I think I want a new career. I think I want to do something else. I'm going to pivot. So I would like to welcome Gina Jones today. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I appreciate it. Oh, it's so great, Gina. So I want to start off talking about your story, Gina, because when I first uh, kind of connected with you, Mm -hmm. 
I was super inspired to see that you made a big transition, you know, in your life. I did. Yeah. So I started off after college. I have my bachelor's degree in marketing and I worked for American Greetings World Headquarters um, in Brooklyn for probably about four or five years. Yeah. Um, And then I was I got pregnant with my first child. And um, during the end of that pregnancy, I started not feeling well. So I started looking into like nutrition based practices, started juicing more, started increasing vegetables, just natural things. Um, And I actually started seeing like um, chiropractors and acupuncturists and, you know, more holistic minded types of practitioners. Um, So during the end of that, I started looking into nutrition courses on my own and started taking some courses online. After my daughter was born, a few months later, I got really sick. And a few months later, I was diagnosed with um, several autoimmune disorders, and one of which is Hashimoto's. That's probably my main diagnosis. Okay. And uh, what I did was I started basically just trying to eat better, eat cleaner. Mm-hmm. I uh, This was before Cleveland Clinic Functional Medicine existed. So I ended up having to see a functional medicine doctor in North Carolina. Oh, wow. And uh, traveled down there several times to see this person. And started on this like new clean diet, new lifestyle, really trying to overhaul things. Um, So I was actually able to help my Hashimoto's by just using diet and lifestyle. No medications were needed at that point. And I still don't need medication. So I decided during that point that I was going to go back to school and become a dietitian. So I got my master's degree in clinical nutrition from Case Western Reserve University. Um, I did the Cleveland Clinic Dietetic um, Internship Program. Yeah. And then I worked at Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine for a few years and then just left um, this past February and started my own private practice. And then in the middle of all that, I started a food business called Crunchy Kitchen. You <laughs> so, do it all. So what's, what's Crunchy Kitchen? So Tell us about that. Crunchy Kitchen. Um, so during this point when I started eating gluten-free and dairy-free and all of these things, um, I wanted bread. I'm, I'm Italian. I was raised <laughs> Italian. And there was nothing that really satisfied that urge. Salads could only go so far. So I was playing around in the kitchen trying to make as many things as I could that would have a bready consistency. Mm-hmm. And I came up with these plantain wraps. And in 2014, we launched this business, and now we're in places like Mustard Seed Market, Whole Foods, Heinen's locations, lots of local retailers in our area, too. Um, So we have the plantain wraps, so you can use them like taco shells. And then we also, um, within the next month or so, we'll have a waffle that'll be out as well. Yay! I knew you were coming (laughs) out with that. And Crunchy Kitchen, by the way, the plantain wraps are super good. Thank you. So (laughs) look for those in your local stores. Very cool. I just think your story is so inspiring because, you you know, it is a challenge. First of all, you just had a baby and you're diagnosed with all of these autoimmune things, Hashimoto's. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's several women that are diagnosed with that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, what do you do? And and it's it's not always the easy route to say, okay, (laughs) I'm going to go and look for ways that I can do this naturally and heal naturally versus, right. you know, different yep. medications that I can take. Yeah. So it's definitely like the the harder route to go. Mm-hmm. Kind of. So you've been able to. So I just want to make this clear. Yeah. That you've been able to take your Hajimoto's and buy the foods you eat. And mm-hmm. I'm certainly uh, you work with your practitioner and yes. the supplements you take and, and things like that. You've been able to kind of, you know, get your levels set. Yep. Yeah, in remission. Yep, absolutely, 100%. That's incredible. Yeah, so I actually tried because they ever, you know, when you go to conventional doctors, they typically tell you with Hashimoto's, like, you have to take a medicine. And um, I did try two or three of them, 
but I had reactions to all of them. I broke mm. out in hives like 20 minutes after I would take them. So I decided, you know what? We're going to leave the medicines alone for right now. I'm going to try everything as best I can on my own. Yeah. And my levels dropped significantly back into the normal range within the first few months. And then um, I was very symptomatic, a lot, of, a lot of issues in the beginning. And then I would say within eight months, you know, I was probably at least 60% better than I was. Yeah. And then, you know, now it's seven years later and um, I feel pretty great. So, you know, yes, still working on my health. That's always going to be something I'll work on. But, yeah. um, you know, I feel pretty great now. Yeah, that yeah. is so wonderful. You know, as a dietitian, you know, you you know so much about food. That's your job. And right. Telling people <laughs> the right things to eat and eat organic and get sure. this and get that. And I think for you know, for lack of a better term, the average Joe, sometimes it can be overwhelming. And I think one of the biggest things out there that people think is it can be expensive. Yes. And it Mm -hmm. can be. It can. But I think some of that has gotten a lot cheaper as we go around. And Mm -hmm. there's definitely some ways that we can eat eat clean on a budget. Yes. And I actually, I saw, I remember reading a while ago, kind of a a little bit about your story. And I think it was something about you, like you started looking at your bills one time and it was (laughs) like, How much am I spending <laughs> right, on food? I right. got to pull it back here a little yes, bit. Yeah. So from a dietitian's perspective, how mm-hmm. can we eat clean on a budget? Sure. Yeah. So that's a funny story. I, I ended up looking a few months into eating clean. I like looked at my grocery bill <laughs> and my husband and I were like going over finances and he was like, you spent $900 on groceries. <laughs> and like that was before kids really. Right? Oh, oh my. <laughs> so I was like, oh my goodness, that's not, that's not good. Right. right. So um, I ended up basically coming up with ways where we can like be on a budget and mm-hmm. still eat the way that I want to eat. Mm-hmm. So I do go to like three separate grocery stores typically to make sure that I get everything that I want to yes. get. Right. So a lot of people have stigmas about like buying foods that are frozen, um, which, you know, you don't need to have that stigma. So frozen foods is like organic broccoli that I'll buy from big bags from Costco or something. Yeah. Much cheaper to buy frozen foods for your like fruits and vegetables, especially for things that will go bad easily. So that's good. If you, you know, berries typically can go bad. If you know that like your kids love to eat berries or you love to eat berries, but they go bad quickly in the refrigerator. Blueberries. My kids love blueberries. I buy the big frozen bag of blueberries and then they stay in the freezer. They don't go bad. So you're saving money by not wasting food. But then they're also typically cheaper um, and then yeah. if you get the organic, they're flash frozen at the scene. So you're still maintaining all of the nutrients that would be in a blueberry anyway. Yeah. So speaking of the vegetables, for example, because yeah. that's really good for me to remember, too, because I always think I have to buy fresh veggies. Right. So that's good with the frozen. What about canned veggies? So I'm not a huge fan of canned vegetables. I think it's better than no vegetables. Sure. But um, canned vegetables, especially because of like the aluminum in the cans mm-hmm. and some cans aren't BPA free yet. Um that's a concern, but okay. also because they're like heavily pasteurized, you do lose some nutrients, right? Okay. Um, but I think frozen and fresh are probably the best options. Okay. And then if you can't get anything else besides canned, then you can still do that. Okay. Yeah. Here's a question. Sure. I know this is a little random, but I actually, yeah. I, I've heard Dr. Hyman say this. Okay. And I think it's really true. I, I talk to my co-host about this all the time, Len, and he thinks I'm a little, little kooky. <laughs> but I heard this and I think, I think it's true. If there's a vegetable you don't like, mm-hmm. you just haven't cooked it the right way. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Isn't that true? Yes, so true. Yeah. So, I, you know, like getting your kids to eat broccoli. I'll just mm-hmm. throw this one, for example. Like, I got an air fryer. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about the air fryer. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I love the yeah. air fryer. So you can make like the the fried yeah. broccoli. Sure. So 
I just, you know, sprinkle a little seasoning on it mm-hmm. or something, maybe a tiny bit of avocado oil or yep. something. And and they eat it. And I yes. love it. The yes. kale chips in yeah. the air fryer. So yeah. I do think there's some fun ways you can make Absolutely. the veggies. But I love the And even just like most people will steam or saute their vegetables, just like even roasting them in the oven. Or now mm. that it's summertime here in Ohio, you can grill them on the on the grill outside. Yes. It adds a whole different flavor to it yes. and uh, makes it more interesting. Try different seasoning spices. So if yes. you're a person that only likes a few vegetables, adding new seasonings to the vegetables will mm-hmm. really like kick it up a notch. Yeah. That way, you know, the rest of the family will feel like they're eating something different. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's really good. Mm-hmm. So food is medicine. Yes. I, I like to say that and I like to like ingrain that in my head all yes. the time. And you've actually, you know, healed your thyroid problems, mm-hmm. like we mentioned earlier, with sure. the food as medicine. Yes. Kind of like, what is like a 101 for someone when they want to like start? Like, they're like, okay, I, I maybe I have thyroid problems. Maybe sure. I have another autoimmune. Mm-hmm. I want to start using food as medicine. What's like the best approach yeah. for them to take? So if you're starting like from square one, right? I always say it's better to add things in first before you take things out. So okay. adding in vegetables, like it doesn't matter what type of dietitians out there. We can mm-hmm. all agree that vegetables are key, yes. right? That's like the one thing that's yes. constant in, in, um, yes. you know, in, in our world. So making sure that um, you're adding in lots of vegetables, fantastic. Mm-hmm. More greens, the better, but also more color. So the more colors you get in the day, um, the more phytonutrients and, and vitamins and minerals eat you're getting rainbow. in. Eat the rainbow. Yep, eat the rainbow. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so that's, that's, you know, key. If you have an autoimmune disease, if you know you've been diagnosed with a thyroid issue or an autoimmune disease, it's essential to take out gluten. There's yes. a there's huge research out there that shows that when you eat gluten, specifically for people with thyroid and Hashimoto's, that um, it triggers the immune response to continuously attack your thyroid. So taking mm. that out would be your next step. So really concentrating on whole foods instead of processed foods, right? So yeah. um, eating mostly foods from the outside perimeter of the aisle. So getting things like fish and poultry and uh, fruits, vegetables, um, any of that's going to be more helpful. I like that. Mm-hmm. Someone recently told me if it's on a TV commercial, I don't eat it. Right. <laughs> I was like, although I think I've Sometimes. seen an avocado yeah, commercial. Yeah, yeah. So it's not always true. But no, I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of taking out gluten. Yes. Um, I had major issues with gluten sensitivity. Yep. Yep. I, I didn't have Hajimoto's or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I, I did have like borderline autoimmune issues. Absolutely. And taking out gluten, and, and I went to doctor after doctor after doctor, sure. and they were giving me steroid creams for hives and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And then I took out gluten and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Now, I do hear from a lot of people, and I I don't know, because it's so easy to me because I've been in this world for a while. Right. They're like, I feel like I'm missing out when I take yeah. gluten. And I love what you said a little bit earlier. It's like, add in the good stuff for yes. you, before you take out yeah. the bad stuff, right. let's say. Mm-hmm. So kind of how do you how do you do that? Do you have like non-negotiables? Of, sure, yeah. You know, things yeah. like what's the best tip for someone that says, okay, I really want to start taking gluten out of my life, but I don't want to give up pizza. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Like, do they have to? Can they live this balanced life and still have fun eating? <laughs> Absolutely. So, the good thing about right now is that we have so many clean companies out there that are making these foods that yeah. we all love and want, but we don't want the additives and, you know, um, I, you know, the non negotiable stuff in it, right? Yeah. So, 
I basically like if you love pizza, there's gluten free pizzas now. There's dairy free yeah. pizzas. Like, Cauliflower you can, pizza, right? Like <laughs> exactly, you can get lots of good items, um, and they don't have to be staples of your diet. There's always I always say that there's a difference between a packaged food and a processed food, right? Yeah. So processed foods, I always think of like Twinkies. That's always like the first one that comes yeah. to mind, right? There's tons of sugar. There's additives, preservatives, um, but there's packaged foods, right? Like. Our, our company, Crunchy Kitchen, there's one ingredient in it. So you can tell that on the ingredient label that these are real foods that are in the packaged item. So I'm okay with people buying those things. Stay away from the processed stuff that, you know, has a shelf life of four years, right? Right. <laughs> so right. it makes it a little bit easier when you're transitioning over. So eating whole foods, decrease processed foods, add in the vegetables, if you need to, you can always work with a practitioner and do like an elimination diet and see if there's a specific food that's causing a problem. Yeah. And I've had to do that before as well. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, figuring out sometimes it's not always fun, but it's worth it in the end because Absolutely. you don't have all of the, you know, bloating sure. or the stomach issues and things like that, which I don't know. I think it affects so many people. I can't tell you how many women I've said, it does. oh my gosh, I think I have stomach issues too. Right. I think I have, you know, I, I had what uh, is SIBO, mm-hmm. small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Yes. And it's so common. It is. It's very common. And people are like, when I say it, they're like, what? How do you spell that? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, it actually stands for this. And I, mm-hmm. I think I read something and I may, I may misquote this, but if you have IBS or been told you have IBS, yes. there's like really high chance there is yeah that you have SIBO and for me treating that Mm -hmm. was like the game changer right and changing everything because there were even parts of my diet where I thought it was sensitive to different Mm -hmm. foods right but once I got rid of the SIBO it's like oh I can eat that again yeah because when you have the SIBO it's your the bad gut bacteria that's not supposed to be there the overgrowth of the gut bacteria that's reacting to the food right that's giving you symptoms And not necessarily like an immune response to a certain food. Yeah. So get rid of that bacteria that's not supposed to be there. Replenish it with good bacteria. And I would say most of my patients that had food sensitivities will start to feel better and be able to tolerate more foods once they treat the bacteria. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. One other thing I want to ask you about, because sure. I think this is one of the most common questions that I get related to, can I eat this? What is the best one to eat? Yeah. Snack bar. Protein okay. bar. <laughs> yeah. I and I have my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if that's the best one either. Right. So, like, do you get that question a lot? I do. I think it's because so many people are on the go and they're, like, running yes. around all the time. They want something, like, super quick and easy. Um, I don't keep a lot of snack bars on me, but I will for, like, emergencies have one in my purse. I like the Thunderbird bars that okay. are... I've seen those. So, it's just, like, um, almonds, chia seeds, hemp seeds, and then, like, some dates or something. So, ones that are really clean... Um, I do like the Primal Kitchen bars that are just like collagen based. Okay, I've not um, had those, but I love Primal Kitchen yeah. products. A Lara bar is super clean. And uh, you know what's so funny about mm-hmm. that? The Lara bar, I can't eat those anymore because I've eliminated sugar so much. Right. That those are really sweet to me, even yes. though it's <laughs> yeah. probably like natural sweetness. Right. It is. Yeah. So there's dates in it, which make it and more carbohydrate dense, but they're still yeah. clean. And that's crazy. Like, as far as I get away from sugar, the harder it is for me Mm -hmm. to eat different things. I eat the Go Macro bars. How bad am I? No, those are fine, too. Oh, good. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, she's either going to be like, "Uh, no, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah, so good. It also depends on on what you're trying to 
accomplish too with your diet, right? Like, yeah. So some people like that have to stay away from grains and things. They're going to want to gravitate more towards like the Lara bars or like the Thunderbird bars or something like yes. that. If you just want like a good clean bar or something like that would be good. As long as you can recognize the ingredients on the label. Yes. And, and becoming okay a, re- a, yes. a label reader is yes. a big thing. Yes. So um, I want to talk a little bit more and I'll, I'll bring up my issue again because mm-hmm. it leads us into what I want to talk about you next Absolutely. is that I had SIBO. Mm-hmm. I was so sick. Actually, yeah. you know how sick I was because yeah. I have met with you before and you've <laughs> yeah. coached me on what foods to eat. And you've helped me through all this. Yes. So I've learned so much. But looking back, one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast is because I think there's so many people who don't realize how mm-hmm. prevalent SIBO is, mm-hmm. all the things that can affect. Like I had anxiety yeah, really, absolutely. really bad. Mm-hmm. I had paranoia. Mm-hmm. I even started getting some neurological symptoms. Okay. And and I know and everybody's different. So let Absolutely. me preface it with that. Just because I had these symptoms doesn't mean Absolutely. Oh, well, I don't have that. Well, your SIBO could look totally different Absolutely. than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either methane based or hydrogen based. Correct. Correct me if I say any of this wrong, you're nope. the professional here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, and that depends, are you constipated a lot? Or mm-hmm. you have diarrhea a lot? Mm-hmm. And, 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 or you a know, mix. It could be a mix. Or, too. or a mix of both. Yep. So after I got treated for that and finally figured out what mm-hmm. it was, and my levels were like super high once mm-hmm. I got tested, yep. my anxiety went away. Yeah. My paranoia went away. Right. All my food sensitivities. Like I had gotten to the point where if I ate one almond, mm-hmm. I was like, it was done. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. So all of that stuff went away. Yeah. So one of the messages I wanted to get out, a couple things, is anxiety is not always mental health. Correct. And I don't think that's talked about right enough. Yeah. And I'm all about going to see a counselor. And I've done that plenty of times myself. Yes, same. It's yes. very <laughs> yeah. therapeutic. And Absolutely. I'm a big advocate for that. But I'm also a big advocate. You know, there, there was no amount of talk therapy that was going to help me yeah. get rid of my SIBO yeah. to get rid of what it was doing to my anxiety in my body. Yes. So I, it's always important to, like, make sure that the inside of your body is doing, mm-hmm. doing well as, uh, in itself. And then I found out that, okay, okay, so I have the SIBO, and what reason I love functional medicine is it gets to the root cause of everything, Correct. right? Yep. That's, mm-hmm. that's the beauty in it. And the root cause of why I had the SIBO was mold. Yes. Yes. And I know you live You in, know I'm familiar. You <laughs> yeah. know. I know yeah. you're familiar with mold. And in, I think this is another one of the reasons we connected so much because yeah. we had similarities in that. And you've been affected by mold, yes. too. Correct. Yes. So let me just bust a myth here okay. real quick. That because I was in this boat, when mm-hmm. I hear mold, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I live in a newer house. Like, I don't have a right. house that's old and moldy. Right. Why, how would I? No, I'm not affected by mold. Or right. I live in an, I, I work in a, in a decent place. I'm sure. sure there's no mold there. And that is a big myth. Right. Like, it's a staggering amount of buildings yeah. in the U.S. have mold. Yes. And even correct. new homes can have mold. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you about a little bit about mold and in, in kind of how do you heal it? How sure. do you know you have it? Sure. How do you suspect you might have it? Yes. So let's just start first in the idea of, I think it was, I, I think I heard Dr. Hyman say like 50% of the buildings in the U.S. have mold. Right. So if you think it's about high. that, that's like crazy. Yeah. Schools sometimes. Abs- oh, schools are huge. Older because buildings. They have the flat top roof, so water doesn't drain well. So schools are actually huge for having mold in them. 
And I have a five-year-old home. Right. And my story was that I had a whole house humidifier. Right. That was pumping out mold because it wasn't Mm -hmm. cleaned properly. Okay. Air conditioners in the summertime Mm -hmm. are another mold infestation. Mm -hmm. You know, people pumping the air conditioners, especially the little unit ones that are in the windows. Yes. Those Condensation from those. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So kind of, first of all, someone listening right now and they're like, well, maybe I, I've had a chronic cough for years and I've had digestive issues and I have asthma. Like sure. those could all be related to mold. Absolutely. So kind of what do you look for in mold sensitivity? Because Dr. Shoemaker, one of the leading experts in mold, says like 25% of the population he believes has mold sensitivity. Yeah. So what are some of the triggers and what should you look for? Sure. So I'll share my story. It was kind of interesting because I have autoimmune issues uh-huh. and my thyroid levels have been pretty normal for the last six years without Mm -hmm. any medication, but my antibodies were still high, right? So that tells me that there's something else kind of going on that I never really got to. Mm -hmm. And um, so we started to dig a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. So if you have symptoms like digestive issues that won't go away, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you have, I started getting breathing issues and I thought it was, you know, bronchitis or something because it happened over the winter and ended up not being. So if you have breathing issues, chronic allergies, if you always have to take like Benadryls and things to kind of just function in life, Mm -hmm. um, these are all signs of mold toxicity Mm -hmm. of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. Or not always mold, but it could be another, you know, toxin in your body that you need to get out. Sure. So um, when I started digging deeper, what you would want to do is work with a a provider or practitioner um, to have some like blood labs drawn to mm-hmm. see there's you know specific blood labs that you can have drawn to see if there's mold toxicity in your blood yes. right yes. Um, so that would probably be step one a lot of conventional doctors don't draw those so you would want to work with like an integrative or functional medicine type of doctor yes okay? perfect um, so other things that you can do is you know take a walk around your house like you said you didn't you had a newer house. You didn't expect that no, or suspect I, I that at all. I was actually hands down. There's no mold in my house. There's right. not. I have a five-year-old right. home. Yeah. And I have an older home and we just had ours checked. And I was like, there has to be mold in this yeah. house. There 100% has to be. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's clean. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay. I was like, that made me feel good. But you never know between old homes and new homes, right? Um, people that live near water, right? Lake Erie or, you know, if you're in Florida or wherever, if you have a home that's near water, mm-hmm. you have a bigger chance of being affected by mold, right? So things like brain fog, digestive problems, allergies, um, vision issues, all of these can relate to mold toxicity. Okay. okay? Um, a lot of people, it's like staggering the percentage, and I don't know the percentage off of my head, off the top of my head right now, but People that have that MTHFR mutation, yes, it's like a methylation mutation, which means that it triggers certain um, genes when it shouldn't, and it turns off other genes when it shouldn't. Yeah, um, typically relates to not absorbing certain vitamins and mm-hmm. um, you know not not being able to get toxins out of your body really well. These are things that you want to look for or have tested. You know, um, like a genetic testing would help you out with that too. Yeah. So all of these things can correlate to if you have mold toxicity and you have these other issues going on that won't go away, you want to dig a little bit deeper to find out if mold is your, you know, is your root cause. Because what you just said there, there are a certain subset of people, I'm one of them, that we don't detox like everyone else. Right. So we have to work harder to get Mm -hmm. these toxins out of our body. So there was a building that I used to work at a long time ago that had mold in it, right? So I might not have mold at my current 
office and I might not have mold at my home, yeah. but if I don't detox well and I've been consistently exposed to mold, yes. even when I leave that and I'm not a great detoxer, that's still going to be in my system. Yes. So that's what you have to think about. It, it's not necessarily where you're at right now. It's, it's where previous you've been. too. Exactly. And I think another big point is where they're like, well, my husband's okay. Right. Well, right. different genetics. <laughs> different genetics. Yes. And then sometimes it's like, I've actually had people say that. I'm like, well, your body is totally different. 100%. Yeah. Then you're like my husband, for example, mm-hmm. he's been totally fine through this whole thing. I got sicker than a dog. Like, right. And I, you know how sick I was. Yes. <laughs> and it was really bad. It was like, what is going And my husband was adamant. We don't have mold here. We don't. Right. And now, you know, through this whole discovery <laughs> yeah. process, we're like, oh my gosh, this has been so eye opening for all yeah. of us. And once we had everything fixed, he's like, I think it even smells fresher in our house now. <laughs> it must be the husband's because mine was the same way too. <laughs> I'm like, no, I know there's mold in here. I know this. Right. So you talk about detoxing yes. and for a, a certain blessed, certain subset of sure. people yes. that have to work a little harder. Right. Uh, how are, or how do you detox? Like, you know, we throw mm-hmm. that word and it's a, I feel like yeah. it's almost a buzzword now. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people think of the word detox and they think I'm going to put them on like a juice cleanse or something yeah. and I'm not going to. So right. I don't want to scare anybody away with that. So um, just to be able to detox better Things that you can do is, once again, those vegetables, green vegetables specifically, yes. right? So green, cruciferous yes. vegetables. Cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, kale, cauliflower, asparagus. Those are great. Um, but also like herbs, cilantro and parsley and rosemary. All fresh herbs are really helpful too because um, they help not only with molds but also with heavy metal detox. So if you had mm-hmm. like mercury fillings or something, those mm. would be you know ways that you can kind of help your just help support your body a little bit more. Okay. So lots of vegetables, lots of water, right? So at yes. least half of your body, the minimum. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Show Carry your around water your water bottle. Yes. At least half of your body weight in ounces each day of water, right? Okay. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you want 100 ounces of water each day. Half your body weight in ounces. Yes. Got it. And that's a minimum. So if it's hot outside, if you're exercising, um, if you're just, you know, sweating a little bit more than normal, you would want to have even more fluids. Because the idea is to get, you know, sweat yes. or get, Correct. you know, that fluid out of your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like your infrared sauna that we were talking, like that you yes. mentioned before, that's a great way. But taking lots of water after that, right? Yes. Um, detox baths are really great. Okay. So I've been sharing a little bit of that on my Instagram page lately. So Epsom salt okay. in, you know, a bathtub and soaking for 20 minutes. Okay. And doing that for three to four times a week helps to draw out the toxins from the skin. Okay. Okay. Those are all great options. Yes. Now, I do want to know, and, and I think we meant, I think we mentioned this, if you feel like you might be one of these people who are susceptible mm-hmm. to mold, yeah. I highly, highly encourage you to talk to your practitioner. Yes. And we do say you should probably go to an integrative or functional medicine doctor who's familiar Correct. with running these type of labs, who's Correct. familiar with mold sensitivities because not every mm-hmm. family doctor is, is going to work with this stuff every That's day. True. It's just like you go to a specialist for a heart Absolutely. problem. Mm-hmm. You want to go to a functional medicine to find the root cause of all these sure. different issues. Sure. Um, kind of I want to jump back because I said my mold issue was related Mm -hmm. to SIBO. And you Mm -hmm. talked about like the different vegetables to eat for Mm -hmm. detoxing and stuff like that. I just wanted to point out that when you have SIBO, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard for you to eat all of those different vegetables. And that was very confusing to me. And it was like, because I kept 
doing all of the uh, cruciferous vegetables yes, and the right. kombucha yep. and, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things, probiotics. Yep. And when you have SIBO, sometimes that's, that's even harder on you, which right. seems like, what? Seems backwards a little this bit. This is a little yeah. backwards. <laughs> yeah. So, you know... Kind of help me understand or help everyone understand that sure. here. So do you, how do you recognize that you might have SIBO? Okay. So SIBO is typically associated with a lot of bloating, especially after a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, if you were to eat broccoli or cauliflower, you would get bloated pretty quickly. Okay. You could be gassy, um, those types of things. Painful, like cramping in the stomach and abdomen area as your food's digesting is also common. Diarrhea and constipation, it can go either way or it could be a little bit of both. Okay. Um, Those are brain fog actually is a big one of SIBO too. Okay. So all of those kind of go together. Um, So if you notice like, hey, I'm eating more vegetables, but I'm feeling worse, that's probably a sign that you have some type of digestive issue. Okay. Um, So SIBO, because you have an overgrowth of bacteria that's why the kombucha doesn't help. That's why the probiotics don't help because you have to get rid of the bad bacteria first before you replenish it with the good bacteria. Okay. So you're actually not helping. If someone says, I have IBS so bad, I'm going to drink kombucha. I'm going to eat sauerkraut. I'm going to do all these things. You might even be doing doing worse. Yeah. Depending. Yeah. Depending on if you have it or not or something like that. So that's why we say for me, I'm so grateful that I was in, you know, I had a functional medicine doctor. Yeah. They found it. And it's one of the biggest things. I said I, I had someone find me the other day and pull me to the side. They're like, you were right, Sarah. I just went to the doctor. I have SIBO. I'm getting healed. Thank you so right. much. You know, it's just one of those things. That's where awesome. Why not get, get tested? And I get the question all the time. Well, how do you get tested or what mm-hmm. kind of test is it? It's just a breath test. For the SIBO, yes. For the SIBO. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy. So don't feel like it's mm-hmm. going to be like something scary. No. <laughs> yeah. Like so most hospitals will do the breath mm-hmm. test. It's normally like a three-hour test. Um, like I will even I work with um, some companies that will do at-home kits. That's so right. So if you want, if you're like, I'm so busy, like I can't take three hours off of work to go get this test. Yeah. You can always do it a weekend at your house and then send it in and they give you the results that way too. Yeah. So that's so awesome. there's there's definitely options out there. So to to wrap this up, I wanted to do one of my favorite recipes. Yes. <laughs> you have a lot of good recipes Thank and you. you share on your Instagram, which by the way is what on Instagram? Um it's my name, Gina Jones RDN. Okay. So follow her on Instagram and her we'll give you her website in a minute. But one of my favorite things that you've ever posted mm-hmm. was your carrot fries. Yes. <laughs> and they do taste like fries that are they're carrots, but you yeah. like forget they're carrots. Maybe right. it's because you call them fries. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, give the give the recipe because yeah. this is a winner, y'all. A winner. <laughs> so what I do is, um, you know, obviously clean and shave the carrots, cut them into strips. So I normally cut them lengthwise down the middle and then cut them a couple other times um, so that they're probably, I don't know, two inch or three inch little slivers. Mm-hmm. Um, put them in a bowl. I like to use like avocado oil, a high heat oil. Yes. Okay. So either avocado oil, coconut oil, ghee, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then season them. I like to put salt. Um, sometimes I'll do a little bit of rosemary and ginger on them, but you could just do salt and pepper. I love the rosemary yeah. on them. So whatever you like, right? Yeah. Spread them out onto a pan um, and preheat the oven to about 400 degrees or so. Um, sometimes I do 400. Sometimes I do 425. And then um, lay them out so that they're not touching. Okay. Okay. That's like key. And then flip them halfway through. You'll want to cook them probably for about 30 minutes or so, depending on how many fries you have on your plate. 
they're so good. They're so perfect. I the air fryer would work really I well for know. that too. You know, my yeah. only regret with the air fryer yes. is that I didn't get the extra large, the big one. one. Yeah. Ah, it's so good. But I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it, so we'll get the small one. Worst decision. It's so good. Okay, but I have to go back to that for a minute because I talked about this carrot fries recipe on the show before. And I gave the recipe and I was like, Gina, dietitian that I see told me this. It's so good. And I said that I shaved the carrots. Mm -hmm. You said you shaved the carrots. I cannot believe. I had a woman call me and she was like, you shave your carrots? Oh. Like, People like I had like a handful <laughs> of people never hear of shaving their carrots before. I'm like, I've never heard of not shaving no, my carrots. That's interesting. I've actually never heard of that either. Yeah. So just okay. like the shaver just I take know, off like too. the stubby parts. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like, I always peel the skin off. Yes. Okay. So I just wanted yes. your opinion on that because I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that shaves my carrots. No, I definitely do. I can't eat them unless they're shaved. <laughs> me too. Okay. So, okay. That makes me feel better. And uh, true story. I, after using this recipe and eating it, I uh-huh. ate them so much. <laughs> At my next appointment with Gina, I actually felt like I, the need to ask her like if I was eating too much carrots <laughs> because that's how addicted okay. we got. Yeah. She's like, I think you're okay. They're carrots, Sarah. Right. It's all right. So thank you so much, oh, Gina, for Thanks stopping for by me. today. Okay, tell us your website. Sure. It's uh, www.inwcenter.com. So it stands for Integrative Nutrition and Wellness. And people can work with you with their Absolutely. diets mm-hmm. and kind of contact you. If Absolutely. you want any health or nutrition advice, you can actually work with Gina. You can follow her on Instagram as thank well mm-hmm. and get all a bunch of healthy recipes and good info. So Gina Jones, thanks you so much. Thank you. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with my friend Gina. I know I've learned a lot from her and so many other people about mold, about thyroid issues, about eating on a clean budget. So great, helpful information. Uh, Mold is something that I mentioned I've really, really suffered from. I'm going through a detox protocol right now. So the more I learn, the more I want to share because I think it affects so many people that don't realize that mold is all around us and a lot of us are more susceptible to it than than we realize. So more to come on that, hopefully. And if you don't mind, if you are liking this podcast, it's kind of just a passion of mine right now because I want to help as many people as I can. If you wouldn't mind leaving a rating on Apple iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're listening to the podcast and just leave a positive review, it would be very helpful and I'm very thankful to everyone listening. So have a great day. Blessings. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.